This is your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen, and I'm here, of course, with my delightful co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, the man, how are you, sir? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) That good. (laughs) That good. I was great. I was great. I was really good for about an over. It was really good. Yeah, for that, going really for that well. one over in the first session, it was feeling pretty yeah. alright. Uh, no, I'm good. Look, there's plenty of things to be positive about. Um, you know, women's cricket doing uh, great things as always. Yep. Uh, young stars yep. in the in the Sheffield Shield uh, strutting their stuff. Um, uh, I haven't Pakistan seen Pakistan doing really Pakistan, well. You know, for us, um, you know, making me into a prophet. Um, <laughs> thank you, Muhammad Abbas. Um, but uh, I know we'll talk about it more later in the show, pal, yeah. but isn't it remarkable that, you know, going over to UAE and going to play Pakistan, you and I were like, here comes here comes the spinners, watch out for all that spin, Australia subcontinent spin, going to be a bad time. And it was a tall, medium pacer that <laughs> just <laughs> tore us apart. Um, yeah. Uh, I, lo- I thought the quote I saw from JL was pretty good today where he's like, um, so you need footwork to play swing bowling? <laughs> <laughs> the ball moves laterally. Make- you can't just stand and deliver. Uh, you make a good point there, JL. You'd think that bloke would know point. a thing or two about batting, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, and not good also, you know, um, Usman Khawaja, of course, uh, the hero from the from the uh, first test, looks uh, in a bit of trouble with an knee injury, unfortunately. So, uh, troubling times ahead, Pat. Summer of uncertainty, I think we call it. And Summer of uncertainty, Chris. Proving to be. Summer proving of uncertainty. It's nice when when we are right, even when it's sad. That's 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 good. There's balance in that. I feel. Well, yeah. I tell you what, it's it's nice to be wrong. Sorry, it's nice to be right. It'd just be nice to be right when it's not so wrong um, all the time. Oh. But um, no, you know, like you know, not all bad. Not all bad things from uh, from the tour of UAE. I think plenty plenty to learn. And you know, we we can't forget that uh, last time we toured, uh, we played test matches in Pakistan. We lost two two zip. And this time we lost one True. zip. So, you know, that's, hey. a, that's a market improvement. Up and up, Bardo. Up and up. Look, mate, uh, classic times. Huge show here at Two for None. The women's team, as you mentioned, have been doing really well. They've had a couple of T20 and one-day international wins against Pakistan over in Kuala Lumpur. Yep, yep. Um, Meg Lanning was excellent. We're going to have a look at the Sheffield Shield CTB. Some young blokes doing really well. Plus, we've got some Pope Watch. Hashtag Pope Watch, folks. Spread that one around. Um, Lloyd just crushing it. I did see the smoke in the in the West, Bardo, and uh, it, brought, it brought happiness <laughs> to my heart. Uh, and then we'll dive into the test defeat. Um, bit of analysis there. We'll talk about what comes up next in the summer of uncertainty. Be man, um, but let's let's start with an art point, shall we, pal? Let's talk about our most recent victory uh, against Pakistan, which happened with our women's team, mm. um, who just did an extraordinary well. Uh, Meg Lanning, mate, just came out and dominated. Yeah, um, so much grace, so much power, B man, especially square at the wicket. It, it, Pakistan really didn't have an answer for her. 
No, that's right. I mean, you know, she showed again why she's one of the premier batsmen in world cricket. Um, uh, Arguably men's or women's game at the moment. Um, You know, 124 runs of 106 deliveries. uh, Virtually chanceless. Uh, What else can you say? Um, Terrific uh, partnership there in the middle of the innings with uh, uh, Rachel Haynes as well, um, who just continues to... uh, uh, show the way. Um, so great stuff from the uh, from the Southern Stars. And mate, and she came in at a time when we were looking a bit shaky as well. We were two for about forty odd, thirty eight, something like that. Lost a couple of quick wickets, bang bang. And she came in and really steadied the ship. Elise Perry only got eight, which is rare for Elise. Mm-hmm. So um, she, her, and Rachel Haynes came together when things were a bit shaky, and they really just put the game beyond all reach. Um, Pakistan's got a couple of wickets, but nothing really of note. Um, it was it was a tough day out for them, I think. And then on the return, I mean, uh, Megan Schutt and Surfy Molyneux just absolutely shredded them. Uh, mm. Elise Perry is making a habit of bowling uh, the opposition's number three with an absolute peach, and she did it again to poor old Maniba Ali, who just got... Who played all around it? A um, little bit of just swing there through the air, a little bit of deviation off the pitch, off stump, out of the ground. See you later. Thanks yeah. very much for coming. Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, you know, Elise Perry hasn't necessarily dominated in uh, in in the first two matches of the series. So, from an Australian's perspective, while you'd like to see her up and firing near 100, percent it's nice to see some of the some of the other players, particularly in that bowling attack, doing some damage. Um, you know, we obviously talked about Sophie Molyneux. Um, Ash Gardner has been a solid servant for a little while now. Um, so, uh, you know, great things, great things ahead. And I think anytime you take four for 14, um, you know, um, defending, uh, defending a total, things are going to be looking pretty good. So, um, great to see. Very handy spinner, Sophie Molyneux. And, uh, and it bodes well, you know, as, we, as we've mentioned for the, uh, the T- T20 World Cup coming up uh, later in the year. And look, mate, we've got to acknowledge too that, that I don't think that the Pakistan women's team gets the same amount of resources, exposure, eh, facilities probably that the Australian women's team do. True. Um, um, I think that's, that. you know, all of these leagues, especially in the women's game, are developing at different rates. Um, and and look, the Australian women's team are, are cut above. I, I'm with you there on Sophie Molyneux, though, bro. Four for 14 off nine is ridiculous. As is uh, Ash Gardner with, you know, two for four of 5.1. I mean, I would love to go home with with bowling figures that were two for for four off 5.1, B-Man. That's like what I dream about at night time. Actually, side note, your old mate PC, I played cricket yesterday um, for the mighty Summerhill Cricket Club. Uh And... um, they had a bloke who used to play first grade um, and came down to fifth grade just for a giggle. And let me tell you, <laughs> yeah, it was a giggle for him, Chris. It wasn't a giggle for us. Right. Uh, right. I had balls flying past my nostril at uh, quite excessive speeds, thinking to myself, this is not what I signed up for. No. And then predictably, he came out with a bat at number three and deposited me over my head over the ropes. <laughs> 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 the best day yesterday chased a lot of leather so got some good cardio in is the good news um 
more to the point, I uh, would just dream of having Ash Gardner's figures there. That's everything I ever wanted. Uh, look, Brado, any final thoughts there on, on the women's uh, Aussie team and, and how they're doing, um, smashing it? No, just, I mean, that's it, isn't it? Just strength to strength to strength. Uh, all bodes well. Uh, look, I mean, great to see the women's game expanding out to Kuala Lumpur. Um, yeah. You know, I think... Um, uh, Looks like a lovely ground too, Chris. Oh, I've got no doubt. I, I, I've got no doubt. Um, you know, it's uh, as as we mentioned last week. You know, it's unfortunate that Pakistan can't play at home at the moment, but um, I guess it does provide the opportunity for the game to get out to other areas in in Asia, in particular. So, um, you know, good to see they're putting on a good show, and I'm sure uh, the Southern Stars will just uh, roll on. They had an ODI as well, Chris, but it's. It was rained off. Um, they ended up having to engage the DLS method. Australia won that quite easily, 5 for 95. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of 20s and 30s down the card there. Uh, tore Pakistan apart, really, with the ball. Um, Nicola Carey got three. Megan Schutt got three. Um, and Sophie Molyneux again got one for nine. Mate, she's just so mind-blowingly accurate. I'm a, I'm a big Molyneux fan, I tell you. Um, she's getting up there with Beth Mooney in my eyes. Interesting to see Beth batting down the order too. She's sort yeah. of coming in at five um, as opposed to the opening in which she did so much for the heat last year. So good to see she's got a bit of versatility, mate. She's turning into a bit of the the, uh, the women's game, Sean Marsh, you know, open at six, right. five, just, just nipping around. Well, well, she's probably making a few more runs than Sean Marsh. <laughs> That's a great um, point. But, she definitely um, is. Um, no, but... Uh, it's it's probably it's great it's great for the Southern Stars to be able to have, as you say that versatility but also to have that hitting power down the order so mm. in the event of a uh, of a top order collapse or you know things not quite getting off to uh, uh, off the way to you would like uh, it's nice to know that you have those those things in reserve so um, as I said you know things boding really well for the Southern Stars and uh, uh, who knows could be a World Cup in the offing oh mate it'd be very 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 nice. For sure. Let's talk about some Sheffield Shield B-Train. First round of the Shield this week. Lots of big games. Um, Let's let's start with WA and Victoria. Because this was the the best um, batting performance, I think, of of this first round. Mm. Um, WA did all right. Your mate Marcus Stornis came in with a a solid 80 there, B-Train. Yeah. And... You know, it's a pretty phenomenal bowling attack from the Vicks too. Tremaine, Coleman, Boland, Feckety. Mm. I mean, nearly all of those guys have had international experience. Um, and look, Scotty Boland's a high-quality bowler. Chris Tremaine was a cut above, though. Um, he got four for, four for 37. A, a good middle-order yeah. fight back, though, from Stoinis, Philippi, and Ingus. Um but uh, we, I always wondered if Josh English was a relation to that bloke we went to school with, Chris. But uh, I think I might be uh, barking up the wrong way. Uh, different spelling. Jack Ingalls. Ah. Different spelling. Inglis. Ingalls. I've been, I wonder if that bloke listens to the pod. I hope he does. I might send him a message. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, you know, the Victorian bowling performances in both innings were was nothing short of spectacular. Christian Wayne's had a terrific start to the first class season, uh, to the domestic summer. Uh, someone that's just a really solid contributor. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously with the uncertainty around the, uh, with the national team at the moment, um, he's, he's someone where you sort of think, uh, you know, there are thereabouts. Um, probably unlucky not to be getting a... Uh, uh, a, a call up to be part of the uh, the UAE tour 
um, mm. if, if for no other reason than um, an opportunity to have a look um, at, at the national team setup. I mean, at the moment for the Shields season so far, and look, it's only one game old, but he's he's taken nine wickets at an average of 15.2. So he's looking pretty sharp and that's on the back of a, a good summer last summer as well. So um, look, we'll just have to wait and see, but he was, he was clearly terrific. Um, but, uh, and, and look again, um, I, I thought what, there's some interesting battles also within this, within the, the Western Australian side. It's interesting to see kind of how the individual performances, uh, go because the, the, um, the Western Australian batting lineup is laden with uh, all round talent with the likes of Hilton Cartwright, of course, who's played test match cricket for Australia. Um, Ashton Turner, who's played in the shorter, shortest format of the game, um, and now captaining the side. Um, and Marcus Stoinis, who, of course, who we know is a prolific uh, uh, 50 over and 2020 uh, batsman and, and bowler. Um, so lots of talent there within the West Australian lineup and lots of guys that kind of are vying for that all-round position. Um, mm. But, um, you know, Stoinis obviously contributing with the bat there in the first innings, but not enough runs on the board, you know, really full stop. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's part of the problem with with picking uh, all-rounders um, is that they can obviously do a little bit of a little bit of a lot, um, yeah. but maybe perhaps uh, the the Warriors might be feeling that they're lacking some specialist batsmen there. Um, having, <clears throat> having said that, though, you know the second innings uh, of the match, of course, the first Victorian innings um, really just belong to one man. Um, and I use the term man loosely because he is <laughs> so young, yet to have his 21st birthday, uh, cannot vote in uh, the United States, or, although I'm not sure why he'd want to, but um, <laughs> I mean, maybe he's, you know, maybe he watches Planet America on ABC 24, he's very enthusiastic. Um, Will Bukowski, uh, you know, uh, outstanding. Um, you know, 243 of 311 deliveries, uh, a really strong clip too, uh, just mm. a tick under um, 80, 80 runs per 100 balls, um, looking really, really strong. Um, and I think 34s, B-Man. 34s. And look, I think the other thing that's worthy, worthy of note as well is that in a total of 504, he almost scored half of the... Uh, uh, half of the the total himself, um, and really put everyone on his back. Um, I mean, there were a lot. Uh, you know, obviously there were some good partnerships there with him, but really aside from Matt, uh, a handy eighty from Matt Short, there weren't too many others in that Victorian lineup that uh, troubled the scorers a heck of a lot. Um, I mean, you know, the Bear Cameron White chipped in with thirty nine, but other than that, it was it was really a um, a bit of a lone hand there from. Uh, from uh, Will Pukowski and and uh, it's got to be said, it's it, it, it's pretty impressive uh, from a young man who's only played seven first class games and um, you know we were talking about off air. It's probably too early to be talking about national class, sorry, uh, national team honours, um, but um, you know last summer. Um, you know, you can't forget that he did score a really impressive um, 188 against uh, Queensland uh, at the MCG. And going into wow. this game, um, you know, his form uh, in the Futures League was also really strong. So he'll be one to keep an eye out on. Um, you know, I mean, the scary thing for you and I, Pat, um, of course, you and I um, share the same birth year of 1988. Uh, this gentleman was born in 1998 um, wow. and just scoring prolific runs, <laughs> a prolific run scorer. But 
Um, and also um, a, a member of the Melbourne Cricket Club, an MCC member, Pat. So, ah. um, you know, I, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's been a little while since a, uh, an MCC uh, player played for Australia. Of course, uh, Dean Jones formerly played for the ah. MCC. Um, so he could be a good one to get in with early because if nothing else, he'll sort you out with the grand final tickets. So, um, <laughs> you know... Um, so you know we're big fans of Will Pekoski here on the pod. Um, don't forget us about. I mean, don't forget us about us about us in the first week of October. There, Will. But um, <laughs> give us a call, Will. Give yeah, us a call. Send us an email. Um, so <laughs> find us on Facebook, pal. Look, I mean, clearly, clearly the the game there belongs to him, and we'll and we'll, we'll wait and see what happens uh, from there. But as we said, you know, Chris Tremaine uh, in the second dig. Um, uh, took another, took FIFA, which meant that he, um, uh, you know, had nine for the match. Uh, Scotty Boland, of course, chipped in with four for fifty-seven. Um, more of a noted white ball specialist, but clearly uh, quite uh, critical there to the Victorian lineup. Um, and I think one of the things that would have disappointed, um, uh, you know, uh, new West Australian coach uh, Adam Voges, uh in his first match as WA coach. Um, uh, it's just probably the the, the middle order collapse again. No, not a lot of fight shown from the top order. A, a middle order collapse, which is kind of symptomatic of what we're seeing across the country at the moment. Um, decent yeah. innings from Josh Phillippe, the the wicketkeeper batsman. Um, also a young guy at twenty one um, with one hundred and four off one hundred and forty two deliveries, um, along with uh, Josh Inglis. Um, so th- th- those things are. Um, uh, that, that's something that uh, he can be individually very proud of. But as a team, it wasn't a terrific batting performance. And, um, you know, when you consider Collapses the last three wickets fell for Ducks, um, you know, not, not a great start for WA. And, you know, the top of the card there in the second innings for WA reads 5, 7, 14, 2, 3. I mean, that's that's really not what you want from your top order. And another point I'd like to make about the Victorian innings there, Bardo, is how many wickets the leggy took. You know, uh, Stoinis got four as as an all-rounder. And Usman Kadir, the leggy, got two for 77. Yeah. Um, you know, WA renowned for having a whole bunch of big, tall, fast quicks. Interesting to see that... You know, David Moody didn't get any, um, went for quite a few, actually. And uh, Cameron Green picked up one, a, a more economical bowler. Um, but interesting to note that, yeah, the most effective was an all-rounder in the leggy uh, on the Wacker, which is renowned for being a, a quick, fast, bouncy pitch. So a bit of a strange one there, pal. Um, yeah. I've got ab- to say. Absolutely right, Pat. And I think especially when you consider just how effective uh, Macken and Green were as a combination uh, yeah. last summer but um, look again you know I, I think if you're an all Australian sorry an all Australian selector, if you're an Australian selector um, you know you'd be keeping half an eye on Marcus doing his performances uh, because you know certainly uh, a decent effort with the ball um, showed a little bit with the bat in the first innings um, so those those battles within battles um, I think are going to be really intriguing to, to, to have a look at as the WA season kind of unfolds 
Yeah, and look, but the other games that went down was New South Wales versus South Australia, and uh, it's time for our favourite mini segment, hashtag Pope Watch, because um, the great man, the Pope, debuted Bardo. The white smoke billowed out over the Adelaide Oval and uh, out walked the Lloyd Pope, and in his first game, he took two for 55 in that first innings, and Bardo, what a great first wicket. Um, bowling to Steve O'Keefe, and yeah. Steve O'Keefe did know anything about that wrongen it came in about a kilometer uh i believe uh the seismic activity could have was detected in the northern <laughs> territory uh, <laughs> as the ball smashed into the pad and i uh, tell you what i could hear a celebration from stanmore um it was a great stuff i'm very excited about the pope i'm pleased he got tufa um we love a young leggy and outside of that joe many just tore the new south welshman apart mm. like, absolutely ripped him. Um, Big Joe got five for 39 off 20. Yeah. yeah. Take that. Uh, Test player Joe Many, if I recall correctly. Test player Joe Many. He's going for 1.95 and over, Bardo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's not bad. What more do you want? And look, I know... It's worth noting, too, that it's a New South Wales side that isn't exactly stacked full of all its test players, sure. But there are some very high-quality people in there. I mean, Curtis yeah. Patterson is one of the highest averages in Sheffield Shield cricket across the board. Uh, Daniel Hughes is a classy player. He got 47. Moses Henriques, we know what Moses is like, 47 with the bat as well. Jack Edwards, uh, the young fella, had a spectacular um, start in the JLT Cup, hit a couple of hundreds there. Peter Neville obviously played for Australia. Jason Sanger, captain, all was part of the under-19s team for a long period of time. Steve O'Keefe played a bunch of tests. Same goes for Sean Abbott and Trent Copeland. So all classy players. You know, mate, Trent Copeland's banging on the door there. Um, he was player of the match. He took 55 um, with the bat in the first dig. Yeah. And then I think he's picked up um, six for in the first innings. And what, another three in the second. So nine for, for the match and 55 with the bat. That's a pretty awesome performance. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, just justly deserves um, man of the match for sure. You know, I mean... You know, I think any time you take, um, you know, you, you score a quick 550 um, and, uh, you know, come within uh, a code of varnish of bowling your team to victory and, you know, nine, nine wickets in the 50 is not a bad effort for sure. Um, n- not a lot, I, I thought, in, in the way of uh, uh, batting excellence in this game. I mean, you know, a couple of handy performances. Peter Neville is 72 in the second dig. Uh, Daniel Hughes, who of course you know famously uh, came in at the expense of uh, Eddie Cowan, uh, you know oh, scored a fifty yeah. in the first innings. Um, but I, I think again, it's it's a broader theme in Shield cricket at the moment, where um, you know there's there's such a glut of runs in the shorter form of the game that uh, uh, you know. We're struggling in the longer form of the game to see really uh, uh, much happening in the in the way of patience and uh, and run scoring, but um, which is why Will Pukowski's effort for for Victoria is all the more uh, uh, awesome. So interesting times, uh, interesting times. Uh, you know, um, we'll get into the Abu Dhabi uh, Test uh, in a you know in a in a little while, but um, you'd have to say that. 
you know, the Australian test middle order is far from, far from settled. Um, mm. You know, by virtue of being newly appointed uh, vice captain of the Australian team, uh, you'd probably say Mitch Marsh's position is safe. Um, but I don't necessarily know that Travis Head or uh, Labouchan and, and, and certainly, you know, Sean Marsh uh, wasn't convincing over the last last two matches. I, I, I'm not a big believer in throwing the baby out of the bathwater or, or being reactionary. But it's, uh, if, you're, if you're a batsman in shield cricket, um, now would be the time to make some runs because uh, no, you, you, you could find yourself uh, the star of the Australian summer very, very quickly. Here's a stat for you, B-Train. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. In the last nine years, we've had two players um, play over 10 games and an average in excess of 45 runs in the shield, and that's Steve Smith and Ushman Kawaja. Right. In the last, since the start of the 15-16 season, not a single player boasts an average over 50, which is compared to in the 2000s, we had players averaging between 50 and 60 in the shield. So there's been a, a definite decline in in batter's ability to kick on in the shield and get those higher averages. Um, quite a lot of blokes averaging sort of early 40s, maybe, late 30s. But Manus got a gig in the test side with a mm. batting average of 34 CTB. You know, like it's... It's it's a and look like he was great with the ball, Marnus. Yeah. And and I thought he did all right in that second dig, um, all things considered, but far out, pal. You know, it's it's not great. You're absolutely right. I mean, we we need players to be banging the freaking door down. And when you're running your eyeballs down the the batting cards of the the first round of shield mm. scores, it doesn't leave you a lot to be inspired with. Um that match ended in a draw. Trent Copeland got to be player of the match there. No real other scores of note, particularly CTB. Um, Trent's nine was was the main thing for me. And yeah. then over at the, in uh, uh, the Gabba, um, Jackson Bird came out and just absolutely ripped apart the Queenslanders. They didn't know a single thing about it. Five for 42 in the first and... Um, Sorry, that was in the second innings. In the first innings, he got five for 35. So, cheeky 10 for, for the match. So long. Forget about it. Um, Aravadechi, nice 100 there for Alex Doolan. And Matty Wade, as you mentioned before, CTV, chining him in with 72. Jackson mm. Bird himself piped up with 30. So, a couple of good scores there, CTB. Um, Doolan has had some test experience. So, if he keeps on keeping on like that, then maybe we could see well, him back in the fold. I, I tell you what, I think... Um uh, I, I have a couple of questions, you know, emanating from that Tasmania-Queensland game. Um, Hit me. First of all, I think uh, you're quite right. I think Alex Doolan uh, may find himself uh, in, in the frame for selection for the Australian summer, particularly with Usman Khawaja's, uh is a meniscus tear. Uh, so, um, it, it, you know, as I said, it's a great time to have experience and, and make runs. Um, interesting in that uh, Matty Wade's actually batting really, really well. Um, not long after he ruled himself out of uh, you know the long form of the game, uh, um, you know for Australia forever, uh, put a put a pencil through his own name. Um, so that's really so. So I think those are, those are some critical performances. Um, you know, someone like Joe Burns probably w- would want to be putting a few more runs on the board than than what he has to start the summer. Um, but my biggest question, I think, mate, um, has got to be Jackson Bird. 
I mean, it, look, easy to, easy to say in hindsight. Easy to say in hindsight. Everyone, everyone's got a PhD in hindsight, as they say. But um, uh, he's had a fantastic start to the summer. Um, mm. And, you know, last summer was the fourth seamer, the first reserve, if you like. Um, and then when Hazelwood and Cummins weren't available for the UAE tour, couldn't get a look in. And, and I'm not sure I understand why. Uh, and I think when you look at look at the way he started the uh, the Shield season, uh, again, it's a great time to take wickets because there'll be uh, opportunities down the track, I think, for sure. You know, we've seen, you know, only in the last couple of days, uh, Mitchell Stark's gone down and, and he's in doubt for the 2020s. So uh, the Australian lineup is is far from settled and the summer of uncertainty uh, continues. Chris, I'm going to list you some some factors, and you you tell me uh, who these factors remind you of. Uh, tall, fast bowler, very accurate, can swing it a bit, um, moves it a bit off the seam, uh, can takes bags and bags and bags of wickets. It sounds like Glenn McGrath to me, but sure, sure, Glenn McGrath, Muhammad Abbas, uh, Jackson Bird. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's. We, we questioned the Siddle selection before the team went CTP, and we weren't the only ones. Quite a lot of people were like, hmm, Pete Siddle. And look, Sid's did a really great job. He kept it tight. He took a couple of wickets here and there. But I'm with you, pal. I mean, I think the Birdman's in red-hot form and has been a real handy contributor with a bat, which, by gosh, we needed over there in the UAE because um, mm. that, was, that was pretty diabolical. Um, speaking of which, Chris, should we just jump straight into it, mate, and have a look at this just sensational loss? Um, yeah. <laughs> look, not boring, is it? Um, disappointing, but not boring. Um, look, I think, you know, uh, where do you start? I mean, the first innings, things started so well. So first of all, um, in the first dig, that, that catch taken by Labuschagne at the uh, at uh, short leg, um, yeah. that was a jaffer absolute screamer bounced off his knee his ankle his left testicle his right testicle straight into the thigh straight into the hands <laughs> and i believe in the team room he was claiming that as skill but uh no one believes him nah. <laughs> he, he, he smashed it though um took an absolute perler there and look chris when that happened i was like hold the phone we're on here let alone for when nathan lyon took four wickets in six or seven balls oh. um Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, he had a, uh, a, a uh, it was a great over, wasn't it? First of all, I mean, it was a great over. I mean, and they're all decent wickets too. It's not as if, uh, you know, I think there was probably that one shot there uh, on the third or fourth wicket uh, mm-hmm. where one of the batsmen unnecessarily danced down the wicket uh, only to be bowled. Uh, Bubba's arm. And then yeah. they... Yeah, that's right. And then they and then they uh, they sort of pan to the image of Mickey Arthur uh, putting his head head in his hands and going, "Oh my God, what is happening?" You know, here we go again, another classic Pakistan sort of collapse. But um, credit to them, they they held strong. And and what really should have been a match winning over for Australia, um, you know, soon unraveled pretty quickly. And look, JL said after the game that that. After the lunch break, they took the foot off the throat and they did, you know, fuck a, 
Zaman and Safra Zahmed both made 94s and totally stole that innings back. Um, Pakistan put 282 on the board. And and unlike the middle order, we were just unable to dismiss the tail. Um, like Bilal stuck around for 12 off 26. Yasir stuck around for nearly 30 off 34. Muhammad Abbas stuck around for 10 off 22. Like these guys yeah. just hanging yeah. around. You know, it's usually in those sort of situations we can throw Starkey the ball and and get blokes torn apart. But it was just really difficult to make a make it put a dent in them. Um, and look, we've got to give some credit to Marnus here, pal, as well. Marnus picked up three for forty five, mm. and I thought he bowled really well. Absolutely, um, it, it landed them landed them really really well. Um, you know, I, I think um, you know. Uh, if there's one person that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty in the Australian lineup at the minute, but I, I think if you're John Holland, you might be a little bit disappointed um, that it wasn't, that, that you weren't the one chiming in with uh, with, with three wickets. But full credit to uh, Marnus Labashain. I mean, I think, again, you know, if you're looking at your, um, you know, your potential test lineup at the moment, if you're a batsman that can bowl some uh, handy leg spin, it's, uh, it's another uh, uh, bow to your quiver. Um <laughs> I'm not sure that's the saying, pal, but I love where your head's at. Yeah, I got lost there, but that's okay. Um, so, no, look, you're, you're absolutely spot on. I don't think anyone before the, before the test series started th- thought that this, uh, you know, that Labashain would bowl as well as he has, and it's been a little bit of a revelation. Um, mm. I, I Mate, think- I'm thinking he might do a reverse Steve Smith, you know, come into the team as a batsman and actually end up being a really good leggy. Um, he, could, he could head the other way there. I also wanted to tip my hat to Safra's um, B train. Oh, I was a bit time. critical of him in the last episode. And um, I thought he was a star with a bat in both digs this time. He's a real gritty, you know, he kind of reminds me of Justin Langer. You know what I mean? Just like a real tough sucker. He's difficult to dismiss. You know, he doesn't always look graceful, but yeah. And a real, uh, a real captain's knock as well. Um a real captain's knock as well for, for Safraz uh, Ahmed. When he strode to the crease, uh, you know, as we said before, uh, Pakistan in all sorts of trouble, uh, all sorts of trouble at five for 57. Um, but, uh, you know, a cool, calm, collected uh, head um, and really took the fight to Australia as well. You know, I, I, it would have been quite easy for him to dig and just bat for time, but he didn't. You know, press the advantage. He looked really, you know, it looked really comfortable. Um Ultimately, uh, uh, undone by um, that man, Love of Shane. But um, you know, a, you know, a, cap, a real captain's knock, I thought, um, and particularly important. So, uh, not only in, the, in terms of the match, but in terms of the series, and and gave a bit of Australia work to do, um, which yeah, uh, really you know, as we'll talk about in a moment, they just weren't able to match. And mate, look, the the Australian innings belongs to Muhammad Abbas, um, who just really ripped through him and Asif bowled in a really great partnership. Um, Abbas took five for thirty three off twelve. I mean, just tore us apart there. Finch looked good for his thirty nine, I thought, but outside of that. Chris, it makes pretty depressing reading. I mean, um, 3, 4, 3, 14, 13, 25 to minus, 3, 34 to Stark. I mean, yeah. Stark, he was our second top scorer there, mate. Um, 
big collapse. We lost wickets in clumps. We weren't able to form partnerships. And blokes looked like they really struggled. Plus, Marnus had the dumbest freaking... Yeah. <laughs> well, the second dumbest run out. The dumbest run out came the next uh, next day in the, in the Pakistan innings. But the second dumbest run out was Marnus just being out of his crease and absentmindedly not putting his bat on the ground. Uh, you know, it's stuff yeah. like that that really deflates you. You're just like, oh, mate. Yeah, un- unnecessary. Un- unless unnecessary. But and I, I think the broader point is like too often we've relied on... I mean, it's, it's fantastic that Mitchell Stark can make runs and it's great that Nathan Lyon can hang around and do a job. Um, but too often we've relied on the tail to pull us out of trouble in recent times. Um, and... Uh, you know, whilst we obviously in 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 recent summers we've been fortunate enough to have uh, uh, Steve Smith to build innings around, um, we don't have that at the moment. And you know, one of the questions we had before the start of the series was, who's going to step up? You know, who's going to be the man? Um, you know, we obviously saw a terrific effort from Usman and and something really solid from Finchy in the first test, but um, you know. Uh, this innings, I'm sure, I'm sure the Australians themselves would say that it's not necessarily up up to standard and and, and not cut the mustard. So, um, you know, before credit, but before credit to the Pakistanis. I mean, we we, we called it last week. We said that uh, this this green pitch would really suit Muhammad Abbas. Um, I believe he's the first Pakistani to take a ten wicket haul against uh, Australia in uh, uh, almost twenty years. So. Um, mm terrific effort from him uh, you know he's, he's a pleasure to watch um a real uh, master of his craft um and great to see pakistan just uh you know back and competitive and uh you know consistent uh as well so um great to see uh we also got to see a little bit more of um uh yasir shah as well uh, more yeah. so in the second innings um uh, back to his dangerous best so um yeah, look. Are you ready for another stat, CTB? Sure. Steal yourself for this. Um, after 10 tests, Abbas has taken 59 wickets at an average of 15.6. It's the fourth lowest of any bowler in history. And the other people on that list um, are like from the from 1800s. There's only two blokes on there post-World War II. Um, right. So it's really, really quite extraordinary. Um, he's He really is a cut above... Uh, you know, and the, it's a very simple technique too, CTB. Like, he's just incredibly accurate, nagging line of length, can swing it a bit, can seam it a bit. Um, he's, yeah, so the, the the first four blokes in that list of CTB all played in the 1880s. Wow. Um, okay. So, and then it's Muhammad Abbas. You know what I mean? That's uncovered pitches. That's timeless tests, you know. All of that sort of stuff. We also, folks, if you're a two for none fan, um, your research task is to go and have a Google for George Lohman, who's an Englishman who played in 1886, who got 112 wickets at 10. Just <laughs> stick that in your pipe and smoke it. His <laughs> <laughs> name was George Lohman. George Lohman, L O H M A N. Wow. Played for England for f- like 10 years. 112 wickets at 10.7, which is just uh, outrageous. By George, he was his medium. average was low, man. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 my. <laughs> Goodness uh, gracious. Yeah. Someone opened the door. Um, look, you know, the uh, second Pakistani innings as well, uh, they just handled the conditions a lot better, didn't they? 400 for nine. Yeah. Um, 
again, um, Faka Zaman uh, with, uh, you know, has been very consistent up the top there. And, and uh, Man, uh, he's been a revelation for he's Pakistan. Done he's been, he's you know? been super reliable. Azar Ali, um, you know, with a handy 64. Um, Baba Azman um, with, uh, with 99. 99. Um, good to see Mitch Marsh getting a wicket, though. Um, yeah. LBW that that's that's really what uh, what we like to see from Mitch um, Safraz Ahmed another handy another 81, 81. Um, and this time the tail less required from Pakistan um, were there any highlights for you Pat in terms of the bowling performance uh, look, it's minus again for me, Chris. Um, he got another two for there, two for 74. Nathan Lyon, you know, bolts so many overs, four for 135. It was pretty depressing. I mean, the, the highlight really was, for me, was Azar Ali's run out, um, which I'm sure everybody's had a look at, but if you haven't, have a Google of it. It's wonderful. He hits it thinking he's hit a four, and he's having a chat to his, to his mate in the middle of the pitch, and the ball gets looped back to Payne. He runs him out. And look, lucky that happened too, pal, because it didn't look like we were going to get him out any other way, if I'm honest no. with you. Um, he looked pretty set. It was, to be honest, big man, it was pretty disappointing, Bardo, um, is what that was. You know, you could see the boys in the field really struggling. Nothing looked like it was working. The wickets that we got um, were either great pieces of skill, um, particularly from Nathan Lyon, or batsmen making mistakes. And when they didn't make mistakes, it was... Very difficult to get him out. I felt a bit sorry for Barbara um not getting his 100, getting out in 99, pulling a Michael Slater. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? It looked like a real tough day chasing leather, Chris, is what yeah, it meant to me. absolutely. But also, um, I think we need to acknowledge um, in this match, uh, Nathan Lyon passed his great mate Mitchell Johnson in the all-time uh, wicket-taking list for Australia. Um, I think it's safe to fourth. say, Pat, after... Numerous tries, uh, we've uh, and 313 test wickets. We're finally convinced that perhaps we found a replacement for Shane Warne. Um, <laughs> all he had to do was take 313 test wickets, and we were like, "Oh, okay, that's it." Yeah, okay, you, you can. You're you're fine. You can, you're all right. In 11 years, <laughs> we'll and now you, and now with it, we'll give you another game. Um, so yeah, no, look, um, no, terrific effort there from uh, from Gary. Um, and I think pick of the bowlers probably over this two-match test series. Would have been really interested to get a third test match. Um, yeah, I, I know that we, I know because I, because I know obviously it was a difficult, uh, you know, difficult loss, and obviously, um, uh, you know, the first test match we really had to hang on there for a draw. But I just felt as though like there were moments and there were patches in this in these tests where uh, Australia was in it and they were dominant. Um, and looking good, but it was just about the need to um, patch those moments together over longer periods of time. And, and as you said from JL earlier, just really making sure that you keep the foot on the throat uh, and execute. And I think another test match in those conditions would have been interesting. You know, I think Australia may have been able to level the series um, or potentially, uh, you know, or keep the score at one or sorry, one at one zip. So. Sad to see that we're, we're our, our time in the UAE has been cut short, but I guess it does mean that uh, the Australian summer is one step closer. 
which we do love. And look, that second innings was a was a, again it was the Abbas show. Abbas and Shah just just ripped through Australia there. Uh, Manus chipped in with a solid forty three. Travis Head looked good, I thought, for thirty six. And Aaron Finch again got another solid thirty one at the top. But um, it was like we say, it was the Muhammad Abbas show with five for sixty two. Australia lost by a lot, three hundred and seventy three runs, um, which is big in anybody's language. And look, CTB. It raises a couple of questions. Um, we, yeah. we were pretty stoked with ourselves after the draw. We were pretty yeah. up, Chris, myself especially. I was a pumped man. I'm prepared to admit it. But this defeat brought to light a bunch of things. And JL talked about it in his press conference, and you and I have talked about it today. The collapses in state cricket, the lack of batting depth, especially for specialist batsmen in in high order positions um, and sort of where does the team go from here and I posted Jail's press conference on the two for none page folks uh, on on our Facebook and it's worth having a look at because he, he mentions all this stuff and he says how hard it is to and find replacements for Steve Smith and Dave Warner and fill those gaps in the batting lineup so Chris I guess I just wanted your thoughts pal on how we progress to the ODIs from here um, and how we progress against India for the test summer? Uh, well, good question. Um, I mean, I think um, the first thing that we need to be looking at really is the is the twenty twenty uh, the twenty twenties in, in in Pakistan. Um, you know, take one one uh, one job at a time. Um, and then obviously the, we've got some uh, ODIs to start the summer in in Australia. I really don't know, mate. I, I, I think looking at the the test lineup, a lot's going to depend on fitness. Um, I'd really like to see uh, Usman Khawaja if fit stick with the opening job, um, stay with the opening role. Uh, I think we know that he plays. I mean, obviously he plays spin. You know, he's more comfortable against spin now, um, uh, as you saw in the first test. But we know that he's such a good player of the new ball and of pace. So I'd love to see him stay at the top of the order. Um, I think Finch has shown enough over the last two tests. And again, we've spoken about his leadership and his temperament. And the fact that he's shown that he has a couple of other gears other than just uh, fifth gear all the time. Um, I'd love to see that this opening partnership kind of uh, further develop. Um, and then really, your, your question has to be, well, you know, how do we glue together a middle order um, or, or a top order that's going to support Australia to really help make sure that we score at least 400 runs in the first innings of, of every game. And I'm not, I'm not too sure I, I know the answer to that. I mean, I think, uh, as, as we alluded to earlier, uh, at number three, you know, I mean, do you, do you look at Brenshaw? But we know that he's short of match practice. So, um, you know, he's really got to uh, get back into the shield and make some runs. Uh, and I think that'll tell us tell the tale. Um, at the moment, I wouldn't be opposed to giving Alex Dool another run at, at number three. Um, I, I'm not sure I like um, Mitch Marsh at... Uh, at four, I think he looks much more suited to to number six. Uh, so then that raises the question: Does you know do you keep Shaw Marsh on the side, even though he's had a bit of a rough, rough trot of it lately? Um, although we know when Shaw Marsh is up, he's really really up. Um, uh, Travis Travis Head was okay um, uh, without being spectacular, um, but who's a replacement? You know who's a replacement. You know, and I, I, I just think it's too early to give Pukowski a run. You know, one one swallow doesn't make a summer. Um, and um, 
you know, I think we mentioned earlier that, uh, you, you know, uh, there hasn't really been any great standouts moving forward. You know, someone like Marcus Stornis might, might be worth a go um, in at number four or number five if he's making runs and, and taking a few wickets. And, and maybe we just take a different approach this summer and, and say, look, we don't have a traditional test lineup, but these are the best guys that we've got and we're going to build a lineup around them rather than try and make them fit our model. I'm not sure. Um, but I think we'll hopefully get a bit of a bump out of these next uh, uh, lot of T20s against Pakistan, who is, by and large, a very good T20 side. Yeah, you make, an, you make an excellent point there, pal. And look, maybe it's a bloke like Joe Burns. Maybe it's Glenn Maxwell. If Maxi gets his stuff together, I mean, who's to freaking say? Um, it You know, we keep talking about it, CTB, but it just feels so uncertain. And, and what we everyone would love is more performances like Bukowski's you know we need to see blokes hitting really big hundreds we like like the country really needs it um you know domestic cricketers get out there and and smash them and I know it's very easy for me to sit here with my bloody fifth grade average of four and 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 yell that into a microphone but um you know, you know, Chris, that, that test that we drew was so inspiring, right? It was so inspiring because it felt like Australian cricket was back. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and, I, and I want that, you know, like... Well, I mean, I think if, I, we, if we work backwards um, in terms of the batting order, you know, we know, look, number seven is obviously uh, reserved for Tim Payne at the moment. I think his captaincy has been fine. Um, I think his batting performances uh, have been fine, um, you know. Whilst you know, hasn't hasn't gone on to make a big hundred, but I think they've been okay, and I don't think you can lay the blame for our batting troubles at, entirely at his feet. Um, you know, number six, uh, I think again, I think that's Mitch Marsh's more natural position. Uh, that's where I'd like to see him play. Um, and at the top of the top of the order, you know, fitness pending. I think uh, if we have uh, Finch and and Kawaja. So you've got one, two, six, and seven um, that are set. Uh, your, your questions really are over three, four, five. Uh, and do we think um, Head, you know, Marsh, Head, and Lavashane um, are the guys that are going to take us forward? And uh, whilst all have shown, I mean, obviously, Mitch Mar- sorry, Sean Marsh's form last summer was spectacular, had a great uh, couple of tour matches. Uh, uh, against Pakistan A, eh? um, you know, but those those are the positions that are up for grabs at, at the moment and we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, I think in better news, mate, um, you know, uh, we, we know a bit more about our fast bowling stocks and, and clearly we have our, our spinning pecking order um, uh, set up, um, which is good. Um, and I just looking at the T20 squad that we've got for the uh, upcoming uh, games against Pakistan, I would say that that's just about on the money. Um, looking at it, who's at in the that moment. Chris? So we've got we've got Finch uh, captaining the side, of course, from the Melbourne Renegades. Uh, he's captain the Melbourne Renegades for a couple of years. Uh, explosive batsman, good fielder, good leader, can bowl some handy spin. Uh, Mitch Marsh coming in a vice captain. Of course, we know what he can do. Uh, power hitter. Uh, bowls 140 clicks. Alex Carey, uh, a very aggressive um, uh, wicketkeeper batsman, um, you know, can come at the top of the order and very handy behind the stumps. Of course, earmarked for other representative honours. Ashton Agar is another one, a very versatile player, good in the field, 
Um, of course, notable for that performance at number 11 in the Ashes a few years ago, but has become so much more than that. Um, mm. You know, recent years, he's, uh, uh, his batting, particularly in short form, is almost as prolific as, as his bowling um, and very versatile. Um, Nathan Coulter Niles, a really interesting selection, obviously being beguiled by injury. Is he fit? Yeah, amazing. Um, obviously being beguiled by, by um, um, injury over the past couple of years. Um, but when fit um, is an absolute tear away um, and terrific with a white ball. Um, Chris mm. Lynn, you know, the human firework. Oh, um, insanity. You know, so I think we, we know all what he can do. Really pleased to see Nathan Lyon selected in, in the short form of the game. Um, I, people forget that uh, Nathan Lyon made his name as a, uh, as a 2020 spinner. Um, for South Australia, first of all, uh, before returning to his native New South Wales. Um, so great to see him back in the lineup. Glenn Maxwell, uh, not much needs to be said there. This is this is his bread and butter. Ben McDermott's a great selection as well with the bat. Um, Darcy oh, yeah. Short, we you know we've, we oh. spoke about Darcy Short a few a few episodes ago. Uh, what a freak he is! Um, yeah, again, this is his uh, he's in his element. Um, fresh off that innings against Queensland, which was just unbelievable. Um, hey, diddle, diddle, Peter Siddle. Um, hey, Sid is in the T20 side. Yeah, That's again, amazing. not sure about that one, but um, <laughs> but hey, man, he keeps proving us wrong. So, uh, and he's a lovely he guy. He's a lovely guy. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get behind him. Um, big bad Billy Stanlake um, with his uh, steepling height. Um, a lot of bounce uh, and, and really shown himself to be a great uh, uh, and really effective bowler in the, in the short form of the game. Uh, Mitchell Stark, who is under somewhat of an injury cloud, of course, we know can turn, can uh, swing the ball around corners. Um, AJ Ty or Andrew Ty, um, the slow ball specialist, brings his knuckleball into play. And uh, interestingly, um, after falling out of uh, falling out of favour recently, um, uh, is, has come back into the side. Uh, Adam Zampa, who is of course the white ball specialist leg spinner. Um, so I think that's about right as a as a squad. I think that gives you plenty of variety. Um, lots of guys that can do their can play their role uh, and do different things and are proven match winners. Um, how they're going to go in the UAE, I think, is anyone's guess. Great point, CTB. Great point. We'll just have to see how it rolls out. And look, mate, like I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. It'd be really great if we could get a win in that format. That would make me a pretty happy fella, um, pal. I think that might do us for today. Um, lots of uncertainty in our lives, and and we have to give a lot of credit to Pakistan for an awesome performance from them. And um, I guess we just have to wait to see how things roll out. And pal, maybe we come back after a game or two. And uh, and check back in with everyone and uh, give a bit of a wrap up. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I think that sounds like a good idea, mate. And uh, hopefully, we, we will have finished uh, Chris Gale's six machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think this was bloody uh, War and Peace? By the length of time it's taking us to read the bloody thing, but um, no, that that'll be exciting. But I look forward to it, mate. Absolutely. Thanks very much for your company, Bardo. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll get out of your hair. Go those Aussies, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the cricket, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks very much. All right.